In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that bothers to claim to be the only wrestling podcast on the planet doing anything anymore. I, <laughs> that was an inception. Yeah, that's a claim within a claim. Exactly. I am Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined uh, today and as always by my partner in crime fighting district attorney vincent k fabe what's going on man how are you um i had a sick kid this week so i'm i'm tired and i heard you did too yeah that makes two of us here we we had a little <laughs> bit of illness run through this family and the use of the word run was intentional here so... <laughs> I didn't need to know that part um so uh so yeah it was it's been a fun week um uh i bring that up to explain uh to the listeners why for this last week the podcasts have been delayed and then suddenly today uh being sunday you had a deluge of both episodes from this week suddenly hit your podcast player and then we're gonna be releasing this one tomorrow because it was not a fun week for this family editing was on the back burner it sounds like that's kind of western civilization over the last few months um because almost i i I know lots of people have been sick so well, like, uh, I read a whole thing about how the flu vaccine uh, used in America this year did not match up to the flu that was going around. So even if you had the vaccine, you still were susceptible to the flu that was going around. Highly likely to not be immune. Yes. Just, All sorts of fun. I mean, uh, still okay with, with trying, putting in some effort. Well, yeah, I mean, know. still better to have become vaxxer over this yeah better have the vaccine uh and it be for the wrong because here's the deal is the the flu that this vaccine was best for is still out there it's just what oh, yeah. that made the rounds this year. so we still helped make ourselves uh prepared for a flu it's just not necessarily the one that came our way right just not the flu is what we're saying not the flu well it's like you know uh you could wear a bulletproof vest and it's going to protect you from uh, for everything up to like a 38 or whatever uh it doesn't mean don't bother wearing the bulletproof vest if you might be shot with a rifle you still want to wear that bulletproof vest right yeah, it's well, protect more you importantly, much like the great philosopher Jim Carrey said in the movie Dumb and Dumber, what if he shot you in the head? <laughs> Always go for the head. We learned that in Endgame. <laughs> Always go for the head. Our nerd, our nerd is showing. Maybe we should do a movie episode, but not tonight, because no. I got stuff to talk about. 
Yes. Okay. Well, on that case, um, we it's just the two of us uh, this week, back to old school. Um, and so, because both of us have sick children and and all that, we're probably going to make this a little bit shorter of an episode. We're only going to do one crime each today, and then a little bit of misdemeanors and commendations towards the end. But um, I went first last week, so we will go ahead and kick it over to DA Fabe for crime number one. Crime number one. Well, I, um, I'm i just going to start off by saying holla if you hear me. Um, so you know where this is going. Maybe you don't know the news yet. Um, but um, our, our friend um, and wonderful promo artist, Scott Steiner, has... Not necessarily signed a deal, but at least has signed a one-off appearance with NWA Wrestling. Um, not Magnus. Nick Aldis, I think, is his name in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. To defend the honor of Nick Aldis in a match against Johnny Morton's friends so that Johnny Morton can get a title shot. A member okay. of the Rockers can get a title <laughs> shot. Yeah. I just want to say that the, the crime here is old. Uh, it's just, that, that's where I'm at. The it's fact old. that the Rockers are the tag champions? Rockers are the tag champions. Um, where I mean, at least Nick Aldis isn't. You know, Magnus is probably about his prime for pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's probably, what, 35, 33? Um, Sorry, not Magnus. All this. <laughs> um, but, you know, even Big Papa Pump is probably a little bit past his prime. And yes, I am well aware he can kick my ass, even if <laughs> he is past his prime. I wouldn't say Johnny Morton couldn't kick my ass. I'm saying I'm not a professional wrestler. I so, get it. Oh, I get it. Is the crime. Age is the crime. <laughs> I hate, you know, both of us ain't getting any younger, so um, no, no. I'm all for charging that. If we can, if we can lock up old age uh, and stop it, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's throw the book at it. Apparently, somebody has though, because you know the rockers are still around. Um, they're not the new rockers, of which both of those people are still around, but um, it's just the rockers, the original rockers. And uh, they're champions, and uh, you know we've obviously got Big Papa, Big Papa Dump still around. So they they may have found the fountain of youth. Perhaps it's chainmail hats. Perhaps, perhaps it's math. I mean, we've just been doing math wrong the entire time, and he just figured <laughs> out that with it, your thirty three and a third percent, and his sixty six point six six percent multiplied by the one and a half times that uh, he has of winning, divided by the Grim Reaper's scared to even come near him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but but you, you and I were talking the other day. You um, actually shot over a. Uh, a uh, old Steiner's match, and it said, "Hey, I forgot how good these guys really were back in the day." And um, yeah, I mean, no forgetting it. I mean, Big Papa Pump is still a very entertaining wrestler. Um, he I would he say did some of used it best. wrong in his time in in his time there, but yeah, he he did some of the absolute best belly to belly suplexes. Oh, I, I just throwing yeah. people around. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it, what. 
you know, if if there was a time machine, and maybe this is a fantasy booking scenario that we need to go into on the FBI one time, if there is was a time machine and you could book Scott Steiner in his prime versus Brock Lesnar in his prime. Oh my lord. That would be what a match that would watch. be, huh? Yes. Oh geez. Just two big old hosses throwing each other around. Belly bellies, belly to backs. I mean, uh, we've all seen some of Lesnar's belly to bellies and thought to ourselves, thank God he's doing it because he's actually landing them on their backs. So same thing. I don't know. Did did you see the I sent a gif of uh, Scott Steiner used to have a finishing move called the Steiner screwdriver. And that thing just looks like death waiting to happen. The Steiner screwdriver. I don't yeah. know that I've seen that. Oh, geez. Look it up sometimes. I, I think I send a gift, but look it up. It starts off like a vertical suplex. Uh-huh. Right? So he lifts them up for a vertical suplex, and then he spins them around and drops them into a uh, pile driver. So, and he sits out with it? Yes, a sit-out pile driver. Like, so it's like the Falcon Arrow, only, only, only much, much, much more dangerous. Yes. Well, it's like the Falcon Arrow if they landed directly up and down vertically instead of yes. horizontally out. It's it I, like every time I see it, I'm just like, I'm surprised he didn't kill somebody with that. Uh, but he he managed to uh, never, as far as I've heard, actually injure anyone with it. But the fact is, I mean, pile drivers are are dangerous enough when they're controlled. But there's a moment in the Steiner screwdriver. Where the person's in free fall. Yeah, I mean, it's more dangerous than a Canadian destroyer in that moment. Yeah. So. It, was, it was absolutely Ooh. nuts. But it, wow. but it was one heck of a cool-looking move to watch. So. Yeah, I mean, great wrestlers. But, uh, um, yeah, times and times and times are catching up with them. Apparently also catching up with the NWA. Um, why has nobody taken a chance on on Magnus or Nick Aldis in big name other than TNA? Um, you know, I I don't honestly know. I mean, because he wrestled, uh, he wrestled at TNA. Yeah, but he wrestled at the first All In, right? At the original All In. Oh, did he? He was the NWA champion that faced Cody. Uh, in in the Cody match and lost to Cody, so Cody won the NWA championship, and then a few months later lost it back Got to back. Aldis. Uh, but so you know, I fully expected when AEW was getting off the ground that Aldis would be uh, brought in. But apparently, NWA likes him so much that they offered him as much money as they could to keep him around there. And you know that's fine. I mean, he's a phenomenal wrestler. If you can keep him in your your uh, uh you know wheelhouse then do it you know i get it but oh, but it's... dude was entertaining in, in every fast i mean everything i've seen him in he was he was good but i've but heard a does... lot of say in the industry try and knock him down a few pegs but i but it does I... surprise me that he hasn't gotten a shot in one of the other majors um especially considering who his wife is yeah since mickey's his wife mm-hmm. you'd think uh, wwe would say hey you know, this way you guys can tour together and everything's great. And but oh, who knows? Who knows? But he's phenomenal. He's a great asset for the NWA. Uh, I I seriously think they'd be struggling a lot more if they didn't have someone like him 
uh, at the top. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you seen any any publications from them at all? Uh, I caught like an episode of Power with the two R's a couple weeks ago, but I just really don't get a chance to watch too much of theirs. It's number one, it's tough to find. Um, number two, I mean, you want to talk about stuff that that looks like. Well, WWE had their a little while back had their um, throwback show. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that called? It was making fun of Jim uh, Crock. South Southpaw reason regional. Southpaw. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, it, it it really feels like Southpaw regional wrestling. But... Yeah. Well, and that's the deal. Is like NWA Power streams on YouTube, so yeah. you can find that on YouTube pretty easily. Um, they do it Tuesday nights. Uh, and the tough thing for me is that's when I'm usually watching AEW Dark, and uh, by the time that's done, then you know, time to uh, record a podcast. Yeah, time to record a podcast. And and I hate to break it to you, listeners, but we all have other stuff that we also have to do aside from watch wrestling and record podcasts. So oh, we would love to make that a full time job, though. We certainly would. It would be you to listen. All of you. Yep. We need all you to them. listen, every one of you, and then we need you to get all your friends to listen, and uh, and then all of their friends, right? So we, we're officially we kinda, starting this as an MLM, right? <laughs> it kind of needs to be like a pyramid scheme. If you get want ten friends to watch or listen, and they get ten friends to listen, then, uh, then we'll profit. have we'll have hundred times more people. Yes, step five: profit. <laughs> Um, but so, no, I mean, NWA is great. Uh, they had Marty Skrull on it not too long ago. Um, and I think he's making another appearance here shortly. Um, and, and I like Marty Skrull and, you know, we talked about it last, last week or two days ago, if you, uh, uh, are listening to this on Monday. Um, uh, we talked about it, how Marty Skrull signed her, his new deal with Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that still gives him the freedom to do things like NWA and potentially AEW uh, and New Japan as well. So, you know, there's there's uh, some openings there. Marty Skrull is phenomenal. So whatever uh, he shows up on, I try to watch. But like you say, it's NWA obviously went the opposite way of something like AEW. AEW said, hey, there's... Uh, there's a market for a bit of nostalgia, but we also have to be cutting edge. We also have to have the cutting edge of the future of wrestling. And the NWA was like, there's a market for nostalgia, full stop. Um, that's it. So that's what we're going to do, nostalgia. Uh, and, that's, that's, and it's not hurt. I mean, I enjoyed watching the promo that I watched. It was I didn't watch any full matches or anything, but um, I enjoyed it. I just thought to myself... So, so you're bringing in an old guy to beat up some, I mean, I guess theoretically it's, it's the most eloquent thing you could do is if you're going to wrestle an old guy, bring in an old guy to do it first. I guess (laughs) I, I do have to just take a moment to step back and, and point at the wrestling fans and say, Hey, you remember in the late nineties when, when all the wrestling fans uh, pointed at WCW and said, all they have is just a bunch of old guys as champions. <laughs> uh, and, I had a feeling that was coming anyways. Because, so. yeah. uh, you know, yes, AEW has uh, Chris Jericho as their champion, right? But they also have 
uh, SCU as their tag champions, who, while they're not young, uh, like the young up-and-comers, they're also not old guys, you know? Uh, And Riho is their women's champion. I mean, you don't get much fresher face in America than her uh, in that respect. So, you know, uh, and but you go over to WWE right now and, you know, uh, well, Brock Lesnar is still their their main champion, you could argue. And yeah, I mean, it was part of an invasion angle 13 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is the universal champion. So, yeah. and I will give the, I mean, Brock is younger than, than Hogan was and Rick was. Um, however, Chris is not. Nope. Just flat out not. He's actually significantly older than Hogan and Flair were in the mid nineties. Um, probably what? Five, six years. Um, yeah. I want to say, cause, cause how old is Chris Jericho right now? I want to say he's. And so, because I want to say, maybe he's only like four years, but I want to say during the late 90s when Hogan was champion, he was 46. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So that's four years, you know. Um, but four years is a lot when we get to this age. And and I know this because I'm in this age. Yeah. I'm not 50, but I, I know what it is to, to be probably too old to step in a ring. Mm-hmm. I know what it is to pull my groin getting out of bed in the morning. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I. How's that I, going, by the way? Did the massage help? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I think you need to hit the other side and maybe a little bit in the middle. <laughs> well, I tried. I tried. But, <laughs> so well, anyway, my wife's yeah. gonna be so angry at that joke. I can already tell. <laughs> um, I but yeah, telling, no, I get it. Telling him to do it, I, not somebody else. Oh yeah, no. There's, there's, uh, um, yeah, it's just he was he was showing me how for me to do it. It was, anyways, age. Come on, honey. So yeah, that's age. Age is my age is my villain. Age is my crime. Um, maybe not knowing when to retire completely could be my crime. Well, that's the. I mean, the one thing I will give Chris Jericho. In fact, it's. it's I give Chris Jericho lots of things. I'm not even going to say the one thing, but one of the things I will give Chris Jericho is I think he understands what his role is right now. And while he's the AEW champion, his role is to put over the young up and comers, right? In all respects, right? Would you listen did to his very pod- well against uh, uh, Jack Perry? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he made Jungle Boy look like an absolute champ. He made Darby Allen look like an absolute champ. Um, every one of his matches, win or lose, he makes the other guy look like a rock star. But even more than that, uh, even on his podcast, you know, when Jungle Boy came on his podcast or or whoever, right, it, he makes them seem like legitimate stars. Um, and to you and I, who are fans of them, they are legitimate stars. But to Joe Schmo WWE fan... Um, who's never heard of Jungle before, then hears him on Chris Jericho's podcast, that's a big deal to put over these young stars. You know, I really think the big thing, the, the reason he um, is is so good at that, and this is props to Jericho, um, is because I think he believes they are legitimate stars. I believe so, too. 
Um, I don't, I, I don't think he really puts himself in the ring with somebody, um, who just gets pushed down his throat. Um, which but, is probably why we didn't never saw Bobby Lashley versus him. And not that Lashley is bad. He's just not, he, he's not Jericho's cup of tea. That's for sure. But I think, I think a lot of it comes down to, yes, Jericho is not an EVP in AEW. But he was legitimately basically the, the first, first non EVP signing they had, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I'm sure he's got a ton of pull in that. Company. If he came to Tony Khan or Chris Jericho or Chris Cody Rhodes or whatever and said, "Hey, I've been watching the Indies and I saw this guy," blah blah. You know, I really think we should bring him in for a tryout. I bet you there's a phone call within the hour to that person's agent or whoever, you know, oh, saying, sorry. hey, you know. Um, and so I'm I'm relatively certain there's probably not a guy on the roster that Chris Jericho does not legitimately think is a star. And, and yeah. he understands that unlike a Hulk Hogan in 99, um, he understands that his job is now to set up the next generation. His More job important. is to make sure... Because I'm sure after he retires from active AEW status, I'm sure he's got a job there, you know? You know, I would say I would say less even Hogan. Um, I would say the person that, that, that Chris Jericho kind of uh, makes me... I see him as the antithesis in that role of is Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett was always putting over Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And I mean, it, well past his prime. Oh, yeah. Hogan, I mean, it was it, at the end of the day, it was Hogan's idea to put the belt on Goldberg. Um, it was Hogan's idea, um, along with a couple other people, to put the, uh, well, David Arquette, um, to put the belt on Booker. Um, those were guys that actually said, this, these are the things we want to do. Um, I'm not saying it was the. It was uh, all him, but it, it, he, he definitely was signing off on those. Jarrett wanted to sign off on Jarrett, and that was it. So yep. Yeah, Jar- Jarrett was really high on himself. Yeah. And so, you know, he I, I will point out that uh, in TNA, which I'm going to you know, remind viewers who might not be super familiar with the backstory for TNA, now known as Impact, uh, TNA was founded by Jeff Jarrett and other backers, right? So so he's behind it. And when they first launched, they were part of the NWA. And, oh, big surprise, uh, he became NWA World Heavyweight Champion six times. Yep. That's really weird. Self-push. That's strange. I don't know. That's so weird. He also was the King of the Mountain Champion. Over and over and yeah. over again. And uh, Gauntlet for the Gold Champion, and King of the Mountain again, and and again, and, and he even came back in 2015 and won it. So, so yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, Hogan get does get a bad rap for uh, often. Uh, people claim that he only thought about himself when uh, statistically and and you know things from people backstage uh, can be shown otherwise. At the same point, he still made sure he was in the main oh. event and yeah. in the main event picture. And I am certain that that Chris Jericho, when he uh, feels he's no longer helping the main event by being in the picture, 
I think he'll step down. He will be fine with stepping down and then helping the mid card, you know? Yeah, well, uh, I think what he'll do is he'll go on a tour and and uh, with with Fozzie, the man, you know? Also, people he feels like are legitimate rock stars. Yeah, that pun was absolutely intended, just so you know. <laughs> um, and uh, I think he'll go on tour with them, and then I think he'll come back, and they'll have some type of vignette return in the mid-card, which he's done twice, you know. Um, I guess two, two, two entrances into WWE were main, were main event level, and one was a mid-card level. Um, and it really it rejuvenated Randy Orton's career when he did it. So uh, one of the main event level ones, and that was really his mid card run. So um, his biggest mid card run was obviously the last one with WWE. But but that's the deal. It's, I I just think he knows he's very savvy about knowing where he stands and what his role is. And right now his role was to elevate the company because. Uh, they knew that for the lapsed viewers, the fans that they were hoping to get, which uh, by all accounts, it looks like they did get. Um, because, you know, when AEW's ratings have gone up, when they've gotten more viewers, uh, WWE uh, NXT's ratings have not dropped by the same amount, right? Uh huh. That means that uh, AEW is bringing in viewers that weren't already watching a WWE product, right? They're bringing in these lapsed fans. And one of the ways they've been able to do that is by these people saying, hey, there's this new wrestling promotion uh, out there. And I just saw Chris Jericho is their champion. I remember Chris Jericho from insert time frame that they were a wrestling fan. Uh, and I think, you know, they AEW knew that. And you and I both, uh, you know, talked to, before the AEW launch and before the first champion was crowned as to who we thought should be the champion um and i'll be the first to admit that i was i thought wrong. adam page i, I thought, thought adam page adam should page. be the champion i thought the only way you launch this new promotion uh, that's all about the young stars is you bring a young star and and you do but i'll be the first to admit i was wrong with that uh they they totally did it the right way by putting it on chris jericho um and they're building a, a great storyline with Adam Page right now with his uh, uh, drinking and being careless and, and all of this stuff. Although I'm a little sketchy on the drinking storyline. We've seen that happen before um, with Scott Hall, with other wrestlers, uh, and it's never really a good thing. So I'm hoping they they kind of tone that part down a bit, yeah. but yeah. Uh, turn up the him just being a jerk a bit yeah no. I, i'm okay with that but i agree with you on the charge against old age and i say we throw the book at them um if anyone in the jury has any more information that we can do to lock old age up for good uh we'd the, love to hear it the other thing i i, I would like to to kind of charge the rockers with by going on aew and getting lamb blasted on the regular by non-champions you devalue your organization's championship. And I, and I, if you're going to do crossovers as a champion, do crossovers as a champion and, and win, not tear. Oh. And I think that's okay to do. Yeah. In fairness, uh, they actually haven't wrestled a match in AEW. 
No, um, they've gotten beat the crap out of. They got the crap beat out of them once, but then they also did uh, deliver a Canadian destroyer to Proud and Powerful. That's true. Um, I forgot about that. You know, so and so they they did manage to look powerful at one point. But I, I get what your point. Is. I just wanted to, for context, point out that they still hadn't actually wrestled a match in EW, which was something that I've always wanted to commend AEW with that they brought in these people who are legitimate legends who legitimately deserve uh, being commended for the history that they've provided. Um, but they haven't put a belt on it, you know, like uh, DDP wrestling this last week was the first time, if I'm correct, that a legend has actually wrestled in AEW. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of any others. Because uh, you've had Tully get involved, but not actually wrestle. You had Arn get involved and deliver a sweet-ass spinebuster. Um, but but you haven't had them wrestle. And that was the first time, as far as I can remember, in... I mean, I guess you could argue that Billy Gunn wrestling uh, and... Um, um, oh, Lacer yeah. The, wrestling... Yeah. But those were both in Battle Royals or a tag match with his son. Um, and I also got to point out that Billy you could, Gunn you could say is with phenomenal. Dustin, you could say the same with Dustin, maybe. Maybe. And, and I said maybe. I didn't, I didn't overqualify that. Maybe. But maybe. maybe. Anyway. That being said, it was fun to see DDP deliver a couple diamond cutters. Yeah, yeah. It was also fun to, out of the corner of my eye, watch my wife cringe every time DDP did a move. Um, not was because she afraid his the creator of DDP yoga was going to break a hip? Yeah. Because, no. Yeah. Well, that's what I tried to assure her that. But uh, but at the same point, it's, it's still a uh, gentleman of advanced age taking some bumps in the ring that my wife was a little less than comfortable with. Um, but it would have made some great TV if you'd broken a hip. I'm just saying. Here's the thing. We, we On recent shows, we've talked about there are ways for the past-their-prime wrestlers to be entertaining, both in and out of the ring. Just know your limitations, man. Like... I would be I would be terrified to watch Ricky Morton uh, and uh, and I can't remember the guy's name the other guy's name uh, Robert Gibson yeah Robert there you go I would be terrified to watch them wrestle yeah. um, I really get a little bit nervous when Taker's in the ring I get uh, a lot when Taker's and 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 I love how entertaining his his off state off camera interview was so. Um, I, I do want to point out really quickly that it was a joke, me mentioning how uh, great TV it would be if DDP broke a hip. I actually do not want to see that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I, was, I don't oh. want anyone to get on the Twitter machine and be like, Hector oh, Smart Mark wants it. Uh, well, you can if it gets a saturation. But yeah. we want to make sure that we're also make sure you tag us qualified. and then yeah. link to one of the link to the episode. Yeah. So um, and, and and link directly to the episode. In fact, include a timestamp that goes from when he said that he thought it'd be funny till right about now. Include both because here's the deal. Uh to any younger wrestling fans out there uh who weren't around for the late nineties, uh uh, I'm sure D.A. Fabe um, probably remembers it. He might not have been watching it live when it was happening. I watched it live when uh, 
Psycho Sid went off the top rope. I did uh, not get to watch that live, and and snapped his leg snapped and snapped his leg, and it compound was, fracture. It was so it was flopping around, and it's still it's a haunting image, and I don't want to see that from any wrestler no. whatsoever. And this was this was Sid in still his quote unquote prime. He was at the top end. He was at the top. He was at the tail end of his prime significantly. But he still, he was in phenomenal shape. He was wrestling on a regular basis. You know, it wasn't like he came out of retirement for one more match sort of no, a thing. No, and, yeah, is... and he And he wasn't even delivering like a really high-risk move. It was off the top rope uh, kick, I believe, and he landed on his leg on the way down. Yep. And it just crumpled, and it just folded in half, and you know, uh, much like uh, American football fans with the the uh, Joe Theismann injury, yeah, uh, uh, it's something that will stay with you for a long time. And I don't want to see any wrestler have to do with that, let alone a legend like DDP. But yeah, let's let's not watch injuries. But let's not watch injuries because we're making wise decisions as yeah. people past forty. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, we'll take that time. Uh, to close the book on uh, the crime old against age. old age and uh, instead move on to crime number two. Crime number two. My crime uh, is against the WWE as a whole, kind of, but specifically NXT uh, for the Women's Battle Royal at the end of NXT this last week. Um, and, and it's not that the Battle Royal wasn't good. It was actually a really phenomenal Battle Royal. Um, and it featured uh, Io Shirai and Bianca Belair uh, in the, the end. And Bianca Belair won, so it's now going to be Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley uh, for the championship coming up here. Uh, and that's great. And everything was great uh, in that my crime is we are one at the time that that aired, we are one and a half weeks away from the Royal Rumble, right? One and a half weeks away from a time when you are going to have another battle royal, albeit with slightly different rules, but still a battle royal, um, where you need to find 30 women on your roster to to uh, fill it out. So you know that even though Royal Rumble is a main, a quote-unquote main roster show, Raw and SmackDown, uh, you know there are going to be some NXT stars brought into it, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's going to happen. Um, and so the crime is we had Casey Catanzaro, we had Mercedes Martinez, and a returning Tegan Knox all show up. Oh, and Shotzi Blackheart, who had wrestled one match prior in uh, NXT, right, since her signing. Okay. We had those four stars that made returns at a non-Royal Rumble Battle Royal, a little over a week before the Royal. Yeah. And We've mentioned before how when you've got the Royal Rumble coming up, 
you save these big returns for the Royal Rumble. That's well, especially, I mean, it, it, it helps us eliminate the last one. The last crime we just talked about, it helps us have less of those returns for that, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, great. Kane's going to be in the Royal Rumble, and he's not really that far removed from his career. Uh, anybody want to see Kane? I mean, is anybody... Re- I'm excited to see how his um, partnership with Daniel Bryan turns out, but I don't think anybody's really all that excited to see Kane. If if I were a person from Knox County, I'd be pretty pissed that my mayor is off doing WWE events <laughs> instead of, I don't know, doing mayor stuff. Yeah, get to mayoring. Yeah. Come on, governor. Hello, May- governor. May- <laughs> um... But but that's my thing is you had these these ones Tegan Knox uh, showing up in in the Royal Rumble after having been injured by Dakota Kai uh, yeah. would be a phenomenal pop especially if you also had Dakota Kai in the um, you have Tegan Knox come in the storyline could be that she doesn't care about winning the Royal Rumble she's here for revenge against Dakota Kai which is effectively the storyline they had this week in this anyways women's match you could do it on a bigger stage right which then also helps bring eyes to nxt casey catanzaro six months ago it was reported that she was retired from wrestling yeah and then she just shows up in a women's rumble match women's battle royal that is something and she's been in the royal rumble before she was in last so that would be another thing where having her show up would have been a huge pop um and then mercedes martinez was just signed to wwe a little bit over a week ago right um and she's a phenomenal wrestler she's wrestled in the may young classic but she's just signed and you have her debut in a one-off throwaway women's battle royal these these were all things that I that that my crime is you just you hold them off to the Royal Rumble because all of them would have had a bigger impact um, on a bigger stage and they all would have been a lot better at bringing eyes to NXT because you have Casey Catanzaro come out and do some phenomenal cool stuff with the Royal Rumble um, and you say she's an NXT superstar. Those people who don't normally watch NXT are going to be more likely to turn into NXT the next week in the case of seeing what this pint-sized superstar can do. Because she can do some phenomenal stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, And it's the same thing, like, Mercedes Martinez is a great, great women's wrestler, and she was a great get by WWE. Why have her debut on, on something that only gets... 800,000 viewer when you could have her debut at one of the big four pay-per-views of the year. Absolutely. Um, and this goes in conjunction with, we mentioned John Morrison debuting uh, oh, two weeks ago on SmackDown in just a backstage vignette. Um, why not have him debut at the Royal Rumble? The, the Royal Rumble was arguably one of his most uh, famous reoccurring matches. He was the Kofi Kingston of the Royal Rumble before Kofi Kingston was the Kofi Kingston of Royal Rumble, right? Yeah, I, 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 I specifically remember a couple times where he, you know, kept himself from getting eliminated by walking on his hands or, yep, you know, uh, running uh, along the the barricade, barricade and jumping back. Yeah, yep. And that and, was when it was the thin iron barricade. Just so, so everybody knows. So, you know, these are all returns and debuts that were wasted within weeks of 
the Royal Rumble, the match of the year that is based on debuts and returns. <laughs> More so than any other match in the entire catalog of WWE, the Royal Rumble is the one that's based on the idea of you never know who could show up. Yeah, because they might want a title. Mm-hmm. CM Punk. Not going to be in the Rumble, just so you know. Yeah, Um, not going to be in there. Uh, But, you know, there's lots of people who get excited when I say that, so cheap pop. Yep, I'm probably going to tag CM Punk in uh, this to see if... uh, No, I might not. He'll come... He doesn't live that far from us. He will come here and kick my... um, Yeah, I'm okay with it for cheap pop. You know, you might have a point. I mean, yeah. Not Uh to mention, you can sue him for kicking your ass. Yeah. Or I could put Maybe. it up on YouTube and get a billion views. Yeah. Ch- chubby blonde guy gets his ass kicked by CM Punk. Yeah. And then maybe I can uh, uh, make a deal to go on a podcast with uh, his good friend Colt Cabana. They, they're, they're, uh, they're, not, they're not friends anymore. All the more reason he would put me on the podcast after I got the <laughs> Ah... So you're thinking you're going to reunite Colt Cabana and CM Punk together. It's going to be like an episode of Jerry Springer Whew. in podcasting. In podcasting. I don't know if With Jerry the... Springer would work in podcasting. Let's just throw a little bit of The Miz on there while we're at it. An announcer coming on. And for the audience uh, uh, to know, um, right now, uh, number one is throwing a punch at number two. Um, and then Steve is jumping in to separate them. Oh, you're thinking that we should have Steve from, uh, uh, God, he's on uh, Family Feud, Steve, uh... No, I was making a reference to, uh, Steve Wilkos, who was the bodyguard on old episodes of Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah I know, but I was gonna let you get another Steve in there, too. I okay, mean... Get Steve Harvey in? Yeah, let's get some... Let's get... Let's make this thing over the top if we're gonna do it. The over-the-top podcast, Royal Rumble style. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, back to the crime. You know, yeah. Now, here's the deal. There's still going to be surprise entrance at the... Because both the men and the women have 30 spots to fill. And even with as large as the WWE's roster is, there's always, with the other matches going on, there's always at least a few spots to fill. So, I'm not saying that I uh, don't think they're still going to ha- have any surprises. They're going to have some surprises. Um... One of them, you know, very well might be Brian Cage. Might not be. Reports had it. He signed with AEW, and then he said he didn't. And on Twitter today, he uh, made a joke about how he was hoping to be the 24th man uh, in the Royal Rumble. Um, I still think those are both swerves. Um, that he's all saying he hasn't signed so that he can show up and everything. But I don't well, know anything. He's doing this a one-off, one-off. with. I mean, Vince is not against one-offs. Um Maybe a couple more would be a plus for him. Yeah, maybe. But um, Killer Cross um, posted today a, a Twitter poll as to where we think he should sign, um, and it was it was actually really close. Last time I checked it, it was like fifty two percent said AEW and forty six percent said WWE, and then like one percent said NWA. And you know, Japan. someone said, Japan. Japan, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it was it was actually pretty close between WWE and and AEW. So you know, and we know he's been in talks with 
both sides. Uh, and the fact that nothing has come out saying he's signed one way or another doesn't mean anything. Like you said, he could have signed up for a a, a one-off appearance on WWE. I think just knowing how petty uh, Vince can be, uh, he's not yeah, going to... If there's going to be a one-off, it's there going to be anywhere until after WrestleMania. Yeah, it, there's going to be a clause that says you can appear here, but you cannot appear on insert two or three promo promos until after three months have passed or something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but, but like I said, uh, we don't know, you know, Killer Cross may be in the midst of signing a long-term deal with WWE that puts him straight to the main roster. Um, and he could show up at, uh, at, you know, Royal Rumble. Um, and the same thing with, you know, a lot of female stars out there. But that doesn't negate the fact that they had four potential surprise entrants that would have been... That they need for the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, that they need for the Women's Royal Rumble. And that would have been big deal. Like, really big deal um, if Tegan Knox showed up and Dakota Kai, you know? Especially if they were, like, back-to-back entrants. Um, that could have been a huge deal. But they just kind of wasted it in... Uh, throwaway well, match that they knew i mean they could have had that be a a four-way you know fatal four-way um had the same result in the end yeah yeah i just think that they're they're i don't know sometimes i think they have a tendency to grasp at straws yeah well and and this is something i've noticed in nxt especially uh that nxt loves to throw uh battle royals uh just kind of together out of nowhere um because i think they think they're more exciting and it's the best way to combat something that they see going on potentially on another network right yeah i i just but getting a lot of names in the ring doesn't it's very vince very very vince Give me a give me again. Give me a quality feud, which is again what we're talking about with the women's Royal Rumble. You could have done a quality feud over. Uh, we're gonna bring them all back right now. Yeah, but so now, uh, in relationship to this argument, I I believe we can say with some certainty that um, one person who will not be a surprise entrant in the men's uh, Royal Rumble is uh, uh, Luke Harper. Um, no, no, he will not. He will not be. Uh, you know what I would like to see, though, in the Women's Royal Rumble? Hmm. And uh, this is the cheesy Vince side of me, but I'd love to see Santina Morella <laughs> break the record for fastest loss in the women's, fastest elimination in the Women's Royal Rumble. I think that would do, I think there's a certain homage there that would be really cool. Um, so if Vince is listening, get on the phone, call Santina. <laughs> yeah. And her unibrow. I don't know. I just, that'd be kind of cool if she was able to break that record and maybe even break her cousin's record and get eliminated one second instead of two. Yeah. I don't know if now, it, you can fall fast enough for that. But Now, here, here's a, here's the name I'm going to throw out for the Women's Royal Rumble that would get a huge, huge pop. Um, and at the same time, would uh, be kind of like a big uh, F you to AEW. Uh, if they could get Kylie Ray. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be a huge, like, I would probably absolutely mark out in my I own living. Tennille's still in talks, though, isn't I mean, there's another one. We could yeah, Tennille's always a potential. 
Uh, last I heard, she'd signed a contract with Impact, but I'm not sure. Um, well, and I, she's got freedom, I think, in that. Mm-hmm. So, but, I don't know if I'm wrong. But anyway, so that's that's my crime, is just wasting potential... Uh, pop. Pop on a throwaway battle royale. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to go into whether I thought Bianca Belair was the, the best choice to win it. Um, uh, she did have a great feud with Rhea a while back. She did, and and she is phenomenal, right? I and was it just, opened up not so much Baszler all the time. No, I agree. My 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 pick and the one that I thought would have been the best to win uh, and go on was uh, Io. I think Io really should have budding friendship suddenly be torn down by a feud for the title. Well, the thing is, EO is a true heel. Uh, Who's in, the, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else then. Who was the one that went, not Candice, Candice went all the way through with her. Who was the other one, the the Asian superstar who was on Rhea's team at uh, War Games? Was um, there one? Maybe not. I don't remember because the team was... So it was Tegan who betrayed... Did, did, um, did, yeah. Yeah. It was Dakota, Tegan. Oh, uh, Dakota, that's who it was. Dakota. But she's injured or on her way back from it. Yeah. Well, and that's the you know, Dakota's back, Tegan is now back. So, uh. So then you'll have that feud. And they want that feud first. They don't want Dakota against. Okay, that makes sense then. Not to but, mention. Um, so Team that... Ripley was Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. And then Team Baszler was Candice Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Um, Candace would have been cool, but right now they're presenting Rhea as a face. And yeah, you can do face versus face. You can, but it only makes sense, especially since they're building up to the the title shot isn't going to be till Takeover Portland. So you've got weeks to build it up. It makes way more sense for it to be a heel, which is why they went with Bianca Belair. She's a heel. Um, yeah. I just thought. For my money, I want to see EO versus uh, Rhea, number one. Uh, EO is so phenomenal. And uh, despite the fact that she's constantly hovering around the title picture in NXT, I still think she's underutilized. Um, You're you're talking about EO. EO, yes. I would agree. Uh, I'd agree. I agree. I think she deserves to be not hovering around the title picture, but in the title picture. Well, and the EO Dakota thing isn't really doesn't really feel done mm-hmm. either. So, so there's a lot that they can do there. Um, yeah. That being said, there, there's the the AEW side fan side of me um, is like, fine, don't put EO in there because reports have it she's unhappy in NXT right now, anyways, and so. Just continue to not put her in things, and then she'll leave, and she'll go to AEW. True. Um, and then uh, Kyrie Sane can leave and go to AEW, and they can uh, form the Sky Pirates again. <laughs> Absolutely. I am all down. Probably that. not going to happen anytime soon. Don't you uh, rain on my parade. I, that's okay. Hey, speaking of which, did you see um, what I would widely consider... Oh, or, is it, I mean, we're we out to the jury on this for deliberation? Yeah, yeah. I think we've said all that we can really say about them wasting potential pop. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that pop needs to happen at events for a reason to have a pop. And I remember in, in the 90s being sitting the guy, my parents weren't going to pay for pay-per-views. Like, they didn't even like wrestling, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so they weren't going to pay for pay-per-views. So I remember anticipating, because there wasn't the internet, so anticipating to uh, get to Monday night, whether it was on Nitro or on, on Raw, and find out what happened, what happened, oh, who yes. showed up? Where they would show the still footage, not not clips, but just stills, like photos from oh what happened. Oh my gosh, Bret Hart's the champion now? He wasn't even supposed to fight Yokozuna, yep. you know, or, or Hogan's the champion. He wasn't even supposed to be in there. That's what, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, those types of things. I remember that type of stuff um, and that, that emotion. So, you know, when you have those pops like that, on the on the regularly scheduled television you don't really get what you could out of them well and it also just brings to um the waste of the battle royal on TV. the battle royal ha- always has been a blow-off sort of event for most feuds and now it's just oh, yeah. become a thrown together thing ten, ten um, minutes a spot of uh, uh, spot show yes but it it, it it used to be you didn't see battle royals except if there was like a reason to have them and now it's just like hey we need to fill 20 minutes in uh the second hour of nxt which we do oh women's battle royal okay cool let's do that but anyways we will move on to misdemeanors okay Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. So, um, I don't remember what I was going to bring up. Well, you think about that, and I'll talk about my first misdemeanor. And my first misdemeanor is on uh, the man, the legend, the MJF. Um, His misdemeanor is uh, all based off of his selling in the match with uh, DDP. So, of course, it was the Butcher of the Blade and MJF versus QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, and DDP. And um, I don't know if you saw or if you've seen the gif that goes around from it, but um, so Dustin Rhodes delivers a uh, jumping um, Canadian destroyer, right? Uh-huh. On onto MJF. So he comes off the second rope and then Canadian Destroyer, and MJF lands from that, flips back over, lands on his feet, and stands there punch drunk, throwing punches at nothing. Um, and it was the best sell of the entire night, and I I wish I could make that my background on my phone, uh, but it's animated, and I can't do that. <laughs> um, I could watch it for hours, just this, him landing and then just like taking wild swings at nothing. Like he's fighting invisible ninja. Um, and then he stumbles and turns around and lands and goes into a diamond cutter. But uh, I then took some time to look and MJF does some of the best selling out there. Um, but it's all the over the top style of selling that maybe some of the younger crowd doesn't get as much as uh, you or I might. But uh, we both remember back when uh, The Rock and Stone Cold had backstage wagers as to who could sell the other's moves better. Um, and the Rock, <laughs> yeah. the Rock usually won because The Rock would flop around like a dying fish after a stunner. Because you uh-huh. can't from a stunner. From a rock bottom, all you can do is lay there and shake, maybe, you know? But uh, 
But it just, it was one of my favorite things of the week, just watching him throw those punches. And he did such a phenomenal job. So so that's my my main misdemeanor of the week, is to MJF for uh, fighting those invisible ninjas. Keep up the fight, man. MJF, uh, homeboy can sell. That's all I'm saying, is homeboy can sell. Ah, he was good. The match as a whole was basically what you can expect from a Legend Returns match where... You know, it set up back and forth, back and forth, but it was all about teasing. Will DDP get in and do the diamond cutter? And and uh, spoiler alert, he did a lot. Yay! Yay! Yay. Also, uh, a misdemeanor. Um, technically, I'm filing this on behalf of our MMA uh, division because it's not wrestling related. But the misdemeanor goes out to anyone who paid. What was it? Fifty bucks for the pay per view of uh, the uh, <laughs> Conor McGregor fight that ended in uh, TKO after 40, 40 seconds. seconds. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, filing charges for that as well. That, whew, I mean, it, it took me it back. It was to- only $1.25 per second. Yeah, it was a bargain, right? Just talk to the people who paid 50 bucks for Mike Tyson back in the day uh, when his matches were over in 20 seconds because he'd just come out and wallow me. Or... This was pre-biting. If you wanted to waste money like that, you could just dial 1-900-909-9900. Kids, get your parents' permission before dialing. (laughs) I really, I wish I could register that for just fun. Just have that as my phone number. 1-900-909-9900. Oh, my phone's ringing. Detective Mark Smarks here. No, I don't know any news about WCW. You know something mean, Gene. Let me tell you something mean, Gene. Mean, woo, by God, Gene. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I would say as a whole, I mean, your misdemeanors. I mean, there's plenty of crimes this this last couple weeks. Um, Kofi's new hair color is kind of a crime. Yeah. Self. The, I don't know, the concept that the good guys in this Fiend match are going to cheat to beat the Fiend. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it seems like. I don't know. I yeah. I just feel like you didn't give the Fiend enough time being dominant before you're going to... Damn it, don't put a title on him. They just shouldn't have put a freaking title on him and they shouldn't have had the Seth Rollins match. That's agreed. what should have happened. Agreed. Yep. Should, that's that's the problem that you run into. We talked about it back at the time when you hotshot him into the title so fast, now you're backed into a corner. You either have him keep the title and and therefore beat every other one of your stars, um, or you have him lose the title and look like a punk versus one of the stars. And neither of those is the way you want it to go. If you'd instead have built him up as a badass by systematically taking out everyone on his way up to the championship then when he becomes champion people have reason to be scared of him because they're like hey he already beat me once before yep but what do we know we're just a bunch of punks in nebraska only actually watched the product over the last four (laughs) not really 40 i mean at at three you really didn't have that good of an idea what you were watching doesn't mean i wasn't watching it (laughs) fair enough 
In, in, in fairness, I was probably watching the um, the animated cartoon on Saturday mornings more than the actual product at that point. I really enjoyed the animated, not the animated cartoon. I think we've brought this up in prior shows. I miss you, Todd Pettengill. I miss you on the Saturday morning recap. <sighs> um, I'm also filing a misdemeanor against AEW the women's tag match that had uh, Statlander and Sheeta versus uh, Mel, and it was supposed to be Awesome Kong, but it ended up being Brandy because Awesome Kong was support supposedly uh, non-kayfabe sick, um, and so uh, had to be pulled out. Um, but the 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 misdemeanor is the fact that. Um, this match happening with Brandy in there and Mel, who we've never seen wrestle before, um, versus two of the potentially best women's wrestlers on the roster, it really did expose how inexperienced Mel Cruz and Brandy Rhodes are as wrestlers. Well, also, it, it has a tendency to expose, you know, uh, an unwillingness to change storyline for a week mm-hmm. because that's not twice that they've done that oh oh chris statlander has has a a thing oh, okay we'll do a number one t- contenders match yeah when what they could have done is is for lack of a better term a chicken shit heel thing where uh you know brandy comes out and says hey you're not getting your match this week i pulled some strings and it's it's not taking place till next week now or whatever you know what i mean yeah um it also because of not having awesome kong in it i suspect they changed the fending finish um i suspect it was originally booked to have awesome kong and mel be the victors uh leading to an extended feud with statlander and sheeta uh, versus Awesome Kong and whoever to to lead up to uh, Revolution in a month. Uh, but they knew they couldn't have Sheeta and Statlander lose to someone who's never wrestled on AEW TV and uh, Brandy, who's not known as a wrestler. So they ended up having Statlander and Sheeta win, which really kind of cuts the, the uh, Nightmare Collective off at the knees there in a way. So yeah, so that's my my uh, misdemeanors for the week. Uh, and unless you have something else to go through, we will move on to commendation. Commendations. That's I'm I'm there. I'm ready. So uh, my commendation, I start with a commendation for Kevin Owens for that absolutely sweet run up the Tron cannonball sent on onto yes. uh, AOP on on Raw. It was uh, the highlight of the low light fist fight. Um, and it's something to be perfectly honest. I'm surprised it took this long. They built a freaking skate ramp for the Titan Tron with the new set why did it take four months before someone realized they could just run up it like a parkour yeah and more importantly why did it take it being kevin owens to do it yeah didn't you know we had a flippy do guy to do it shouldn't yeah. that be somebody's entrance oh heck yeah I'm, awesome. I'm waiting for someone just to slide down it yeah man if, if really that cool. was 
AEW's ramp, you better believe Darby Allen would be half piping down it. Oh, that'd be so cool. That would be. Hey. But it, either way, um, I'm still super impressed. Kevin Owens has always impressed me. He's one of my favorite WWE stars. Um, but uh the, the agility that he showed because he had to run up it at an angle mm-hmm. and then get to the top and twist and plant himself at a different angle so that he could cannonball some somersault off of it um, onto the peak. It took some agility that you, you don't expect to see from a guy shaped like Kevin Owens. And a, even a guy shaped like Ali, it would still be pretty phenomenal. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, my commendation goes to the Usos for giving us a phenomenal tag team uh, division in SmackDown. Um, it's amazing what a team that, that knows their, their tag teams um, can do to, to really recreate a division that was very lackluster three mm-hmm. weeks ago. Well, I mean, and it just shows that despite my problems with Jimmy or Jay, whichever one keeps having the DUIs, um, I, I gotta be honest, uh, once I see Blah Blah Uso DUI, I stop paying attention to that article, so I I, I know it's primarily been one of them. I can't remember. Um, but I have problems with that because I have a problem with anyone uh, who repeatedly DUIs. Um, it's, it's one of those things, once is a mistake, twice you could even argue, I just meant, but, but three, four, five times, Dude, that's a pattern, right? Take away get your help. life. Get help. Well, and get help. More importantly, get help. Um, but anyways, but but regardless of those things, it just shows um, how important having not just a a team, but a popular, well-oiled team. Uh, one that one that puts on a show. I mean, I I actually like this gimmick, the Uso Penetrator gimmick, less than than Brothers Uso. Um, but I'll take those two over Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler at the top of the division, you yep. know? Um, and I like, again, I really like Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I loved him in his prime. So, um, they just, they add something to it. Um, also a commendation for the specialty, um, the specialty, uh, stipulations, I guess, to the matches mm-hmm. at Royal Rumble. Yep. Um, yep. In particular, Roman Reigns. I cannot believe I'm I'm mentioning two annoy families when there's not anybody named The Rock involved. Um, but yeah, the way Roman said, yeah, by the way, this is going to be a false count anywhere match because there's, you know, 2.3 million square foot to this facility or whatever it is, <laughs> and I'm going to whoop your ass all over it. I was like, that's fantastic. Um, Roman has grown a ton in his promo work. Um, it so almost we, makes me wonder if while he was off filming the Hobbs and Shaw movie with his cousin. Um, I, I that, love how you avoided while he was off because of cancer. Well, yeah, but specifically the Hobbs and Shaw because he's there with his cousin who um, is legitimately one of the best promos ever to walk the, the, the ramp, you know. Um, it makes me wonder if he didn't sit down and, and say, hey, cuz, 
I need some help with my promos. You know, what can I do to get better? Which to me says a lot about humility. Um, that Roman Reigns, obviously, and now I'm not necessarily saying I have any proof that he went to The Rock, but he obviously got help on him. That's yeah. undeniable. Yeah. And it says a yeah. lot about his humility that even Roman Reigns, who was at the top of the, the food, you know, uh, circle, the food, whatever. It's late, guys. <laughs> um, top, <laughs> uh, top of the hill to to uh, be able to say, I need some help with my promos and get some help is is a big thing for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to uh, add to it the strap mat. Um, that's yeah. the one that I'm most excited about because um, I think it was only two or three weeks ago that, that you and I were talking on a phone call and yep. we mentioned how much we missed the strap match. Strap match or Texas bull rope or whatever. Yep. Um, and, and we wish that, uh, that one of the companies would bring it back because uh, it's such, such a unique match that you don't see any you don't even have to beat the person like no. it all is about can you make it to the four corners and touch the four corners in succession without being interrupted by them in any way and and i don't know why for whatever reason daniel bryan thinks that favors him but okay yep whatever <laughs> it's still it's still just bringing back a strap match um you know uh i mean i just i can remember so many classic strap matches from when i was younger uh, that were just tons of fun uh, because it starts off with 10 minutes of them beating the tar out of each other because they think if I can incapacitate him in the middle of the ring then I can run the four corners um, but anyway so I'm I'm all for these stipulations yeah this side is all for it yep all right and then my final commendation goes to the same people that I had uh, misdemeanor on earlier aew. Um, I'm commending them for getting renewed through 2023 with an option oh, yeah. for 2024. This is, I don't care what side of the Wednesday Night Wars you fall on, whether you're an NXT guy or an AEW guy, this is 100% proof that uh, that wrestling is back. Yes, wrestling is strong right now. It, and. And if if this is our 1995, 19, I'm sorry, 1994, 1995, I cannot wait for our 1996. Exactly. And I mean, the simple fact, there, there were a lot of people who were saying uh, that Vince would buy AEW by the end of next year, or Vince will buy them by after six months. Yeah, I give them six months. They're not going anywhere for at least four years. Oh, period. I... I don't think they're going anywhere. I, I'm just saying right now, four years is the absolute minimum. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? Uh, because they are now officially profitable for the next four um, Yeah, I I would say just like I don't, and, and since we made an MMA reference earlier tonight, um, just like I don't expect Bellator to disappear anytime soon, I do not expect, uh, and and I would suggest that UFC has a lot better chance of putting Bellator out than WWE does of putting, I would even say than WWE does of putting Impact out, yeah. let alone AEW. But, um, but I mean, that's the deal. Is, is up until this new deal was signed, there was always a chance that AEW would be operating in the red at some point, right? But there is now a zero chance, uh, unless they make some absolutely just idiotic business choices. And it would have to be a lot of them, or some really, really big ones. Because this deal gets them 
not just ad revenue cut, which is something that WWE doesn't get, um, but it also $45 million a year uh, from TNT, from Turner, right? Um, which is enough to cover all of their contract and more, you know? They could sign two dozen new talents to contracts and still be operating in the black for the next four years. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So so you can talk about the war this and the war that and which side you're on, and that's fine. You can be on NXT, you can be on AEW, you can be against both of them and be a, a Raw guy. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But understand right now, as of this announcement, AEW is not disappearing anytime soon. You are correct. And, and so get used to it. But also understand that it means that everything will get better all around and already has. I mean, we've said before that NXT's product has improved by leaps and bounds and it was already probably the best overall product on WWE roster. Um, yeah. But it is now every week, <laughs> anyone who knows my wife will will uh, be able to uh, uh, confirm this. Um, every week, Raw comes around. I'm like, well, I have to go watch Raw. SmackDown comes around on Friday. I'm like, oh, I have to watch SmackDown. Wednesday night, I'm calling her on my phone on my way home from work saying, hey, make sure to have AEW queued up, ready for me to go. And I watch AEW and then I watch NXT immediately after it because I am excited for Wednesday night. Monday nights and Friday nights, I'm still like happy to be watching wrestling. I don't want to make it sound like I don't enjoy them. But Wednesdays are like my day where I'm like cancel all the plans. I'm not doing anything except going home to watch wrestling. Amen, brother. But on that note, uh, we will probably uh, bring this episode uh, to a end. Um, Make sure, if you like what you hear from us, make sure to like this. Make sure to share it. Make sure to subscribe to it on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. Make sure to subscribe to it on other podcast platforms, even if you don't use them, um, because it still helps us out. Make sure to leave us five-star reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, because that, as far as I know, is the only one that actually does reviews. If other places do it, give us five stars there as well. But Apple is a big one. Give us a five-star review. Talk about how entertaining we are, because that helps us get into the ear holes of more people, which helps us out even more. Um, and then, of course, we've mentioned before anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU. That is our podcast hosting uh, site that uh, gives you links to all the places that you can listen to this. So you can share that with all your friends and family, because then I guarantee you they'll find one of those uh, places that they can use. Right. Whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Podbean or, you know, pretty much any place, there's going to be a way that they can listen to us on there. So share that site, uh, click that support button and send us a dollar a month. That definitely helps us out. Um, And then make sure to go on to uh, the Twitter machine and follow us. You can always find me on Twitter at Raw and Order WBU. And you can find DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. That is right. And so, on that note, we will close the book on the Raw and Order WBU. We uh, 
will be back in a few days with a visit from the FBI. But as for now, thanks for listening.